Thank you. Good evening, everybody. All right, let's get settled up here. We're going to be reading out of 2 Corinthians 12. So if you got your Bibles you want to read with us, I went flip there myself to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. All right. So we're going to read, I believe, the first 10 verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll give you just a second, let everybody get there. You know, as you're, you're turning there, you know, last night as I started to study, I thought I knew exactly where I was going to study. I had a certain scripture on my mind, but, you know, God's got a way of working. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I had pulled all these little loose papers out of my Bible, and I made sure every one of them was out. But then when I flipped my Bible up, and it went straight to a piece of paper that was stuck in this, right here on this page. And it was like that little cell reminder of, you know, God wanted us here tonight. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up on the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up in paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Let us open up in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, thank you for bringing us here safely tonight, Lord. God, I ask that you would be with the family that is hurting right now, Lord. You know the need there, Lord, and I know that there's many more needs that are here tonight, Lord. Some that are unspoken, some that, that you only you know, Lord. And I just ask that you would let your grace and your presence be known in those situations. Lord, just continue to be with us and to guide us in everywhere you'd have us to be. Guide us through the rest of this week. And Lord, just help us to see the vision that you have set before us, Lord, that we may do the work that you have set on our hearts and what you would have us to do. Lord, continue to guide us and to be with us. And all these things we ask in Jesus' precious holy name that we pray. Amen. All right, so when we start here in 2 Corinthians 12, I, what I took notice of is that Paul tells us pretty much immediately that he is desiring to boast a little bit about God. Now, what I like to take notice of is that, you know, as Paul goes on in this message, he begins to talk about other people. He talks about another man, and he talks about what God had done in his life, 
rather than talking about what God had done in his life. And, you know, you start to wonder about that. Why would Paul do this? You know, and I think about situations in my life that God has done things for me. And I think, you know, and it really takes me back to even when I was just first born again. I remember I went to work one day and I, 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 I didn't know much about the Bible, but I knew a little bit. But that little bit of knowledge that I had, God would use that for His glory. And it seemed like every conversation that I would have with somebody that was trying to know more about God, the questions they had was that little bit of knowledge that He had given me. And it was one of those things where, you know, that can't be made up. You can't orchestrate that. That has to be God. And, you know, I remember, you know, I went to work one day, and it was a Wednesday morning, and this woman at work was asking me some questions that I honestly did not know the answers to. And I told her these things. I said, well, I don't know the answers, but I'll go home and I'll try to figure out what these answers are. Well, that Wednesday night we go to church and every question that that woman had for me was answered in that Wednesday night church service. And when I went back to work that Thursday, I had taken a, a, a copy of my notes from that Wednesday night and I gave them to her. And in that very moment, she looked at me and said, wait, did you go home and study this? And this is why Paul decided I don't want to boast about myself because he probably dealt with the same thing I dealt with for a split second. Because in that split second, Satan said, tell her, yeah. Tell her that you took that, that, that initiative to go and study those things out. But God said, don't you dare do that. And I didn't understand how important that little answer of my obedience would be if I said, yes, I studied it, or no, God done it. But then when I told her, no, I went to church, and every question that you had was answered, she was blown away and she saw the power of God right there in that workplace. And in that moment, I realized this is why God told me to say no. This is why God told me to be honest and say this was all answered in that Wednesday night church service. And she saw a little bit of God's power and a little bit of God's uh, verification. And she learned something as well as I did. And that was in a young uh, stage of my Christian life. I'm still in the young stage of my Christian life. But you learn something each and every day. And, you know, this is something that I noticed with Paul, and it brought back to that personal memory that I had. But, you know, you kind of move forward a little bit. And I, I like to go over here into, like, verse 5. Verse 5, it says, of such one, because this is Paul talking of the other man. He says, of such one I will glory, yet myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. You know, one thing that I've had to learn over some time here is that you know, a, a lot of times when we do these things in our Christian walk and we do these things in the ministry, so many times the devil's going to come back and try to get us to make it all about us. He wants us to take that praise away from God, and he wants us to make it about us. And, you know, that's so much of this was just this, like, it's a basic understanding of who we are to be as Christians, but it's something that we all fail at every single day because it's something that comes every single day. So, you know, when he says, I will not glory, but in my infirmities, what I've had to learn over time is that if I see somebody give their life to Christ because of something I've said to them, the best thing for me to do is not to say, God, thank you for that, but to bring it back to me and say, God, thank you that you saved me. Thank you that when I was in that place that you saved me. And then that helps me to not boast and, and get full of myself. So you move on a little bit, and I want you to go down to uh, verse 7. It says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. It says, The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted, or exalted above measure. You know, and when you read in verse 7, and you read those words that he had a thorn in the flesh, I think a lot of people 
kind of overcomplicate what that really means and you know and to simplify because there's so many things that we can just simplify this bible and we get that same understanding as those people that want to try to overcomplicate it and you know when you're talking about a thorn in the flesh you know when we give our life to god and we give our life to christ you know christ was the perfect man he had no scarring on him he had no fault in him yet he put all of that all of my sin and all of my faults on himself you know so when you, you've got paul talking about a thorn in the flesh you know, I may look like a good Christian, I may look like a good person, but I'm a human that has been born in the sin and I've lived in sin every day, whether I try to or not. And because of that, that is a thorn in my flesh. And a thorn is something that pokes, it's something that cuts and scars, and it's something that sticks out. You're going to see it. So when he's talking about this thorn in the flesh, and he's talking about the importance of it and how I should glory in my infirmities, I should glory that I have that thorn in my flesh. And that sounds backwards to say, to say, well, I should glory that I'm imperfect. But if I remember how imperfect I am, it helps me to lean on the perfect God. It helps me to lean on that one who I have to go to every time. Because if I get so full of myself, and eventually I'm going to say, well, I don't need God because look how good I am. And we know that's not the truth, but that's what Paul is trying to get across. Is that I don't want to talk about myself. Let me talk about what God's doing for other people. So that way I can keep focused and remember that I'm not any better than anyone else. But I have to remember if I get full of myself, Satan's going to get in there. And you know, you go down to verse 8. Verse 8, it says, for this saying, and this is talking about that thorn. It says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it may depart from me. You know, and this morning... I had talked to someone that I hadn't talked to in a little bit of time. It's another preacher friend of mine. And he, he kind of let, let me in on some things that was happening in his life. And it was kind of that realization that this is why God brought me here last night. That's why he gave me this message. Because he's saying, you know, for this thing, I, I besought the Lord that he would take this thorn from me. And I told him with the things that he was going through, that was his thorn in the flesh. That was this thing that's going to bring him back to God and make him lean on him. And then, you know, and, and you look at people like Job and you look at people in the Bible who have dealt with so, so many things. But you find here that Paul was praying and he was begging God to take this thorn away from him. He was begging him to remove that infirmity. He was begging for him to remove those things that made him look bad. But I want you to notice what, what Jesus says, because, you know, these are the red letters. This is straight from the mouth of Christ. This isn't something that I'm saying, but this is straight from the Bible. And we know that these red letters are ones that we really need to take, take some extra time on and really study and really hear what Jesus is trying to teach us. And he says here in verse 9, he says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So as Paul is going and saying, take these things from me, God, take it from me. I don't want to deal with it anymore. He says, no, I'm enough for you. You can still have all these things and all it does is helps me to be glorified because when people look at an imperfect person, when somebody looks at someone who is dealing with drugs or alcohol and they give their life to God, they say, how did you ever get away from that? And they say it was all because of Jesus. It was all because of God's grace. It was because he was enough for me. That glorifies God. That says, I'm going to take all these imperfections about me, and I'm going to show you that when God stepped in, how everything went away, how everything got better, that I will still be that person, that I can't take those things back, but God forgot about them, and He forgave me for them, He cleansed me, but now I have a testimony to tell, and I have a God to go to, and a God to glorify, and you know, and that's what I found so, so interesting, is that, that Jesus told him, no, your, your weakness is something that's going to make me bolder this is something that's going to make me glorify that much stronger and, you know you go down to verse 10 it says therefore i take pleasure 
and infirmities and reproaches and necessities. And what I found interesting, it says, in persecutions. I'll take glory in persecutions. How many people take glory in persecutions? How many people get happy when somebody tells them that they're wrong? How many people get happy when somebody sits there and talks down on them? But Paul's saying, I'm going to take, I'm going I'm to be a little bit happy about this because I realize they're not rejecting me, they're rejecting God. And I, that just makes me lean on him that much more. And he says, in distress is for Christ's sake. It's all for Christ's sake. If I do all these things in the name of Christ, then there's a reason for it. And I understand that, you know, all these things are happening just to glorify God. You know, and I'm reminded, you know, that you go through these scriptures. I'm reminded of Isaiah 53, 5. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says that, and this is talking of Jesus, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So you look at that and you dissect that and you see that everything that has to do with me is imperfect. Everything that has to do with me sent him to that cross. Everything that has to do with me is full of sin and is full of the world. But because Jesus loves us so very much, he still gave himself. And it's like this. You know, there's a song, by, uh, I think his name's Cody Asbury, and it's called Reckless Love of God. And it's saying that God doesn't care about how it makes him look. He's just worried about your heart. He's worried about loving you. And he'll do what seems like a reckless love. It says the overwhelming reckless love of God. It is so overwhelming that Christ died for each and every one of us, knowing good and well that there's many people. There's many people that would drive by and they've never been to a church, and they have no worries about coming to church, but he still died for them too. People that will never come to the church, people that will never even hear his name or say his name, he died for them to give him the opportunity just to, just to even try. And that's just something that's so beautiful to me. So, you know, when we, when we look at our infirmities and we say, well, you know, I can glory in those things, I think some people can get distracted and they'll say, well, you know, if I'm going to glory in my infirmities, does that mean I can just keep sinning and not worry about anything? But that's answered over in Romans 6. In Romans 6, 1, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And you found that the answer there was no. We don't continue in sin. See, we have to remember that we died. Our sinful person died with Christ on the cross. And so when that sinful person dies with Christ on the cross, then we should have no desire to be that person anymore. You know, I have a past, but I'm not going to brag about it. I'm ashamed of my past. We should all be ashamed of our past. Before God entered our lives, we should be ashamed of who we were. And we should have no desire to go back to that person. So, you know, you look at that scripture and it says, it says no, you know, we, we have to give it to God and remember that we're serving Him. That, we, that we, at that point, we are representing Him. We may be the only Bible that some people ever see. We may be the only Jesus that some people ever know because... You know, they didn't grow up in church. They didn't grow up with a Christian uh, home. They didn't grow up with those things. So they'll look at you and they'll say, well, you know, that, that's my example of a Christian. So I have a much bigger part in this thing than I, many of us want to realize that I am directly influencing and impacting somebody else's life, even if they never say it. So, you know, what? this was a short message, but, you know, with, with all these things put together... And, and, and you look at our infirmities and we, and we look at how God has shaped us into who we are. You know, we have to remember 
that we walk only by God's grace. I live day by day only because God allowed me to wake up again. I take every breath only because God allowed me to do it. I come and I preach to you again only because God allowed me to be here. There's many other places in the world I could be tonight, but I chose to be here preaching the word to you because that's what I'm confident in. That's what I love doing. And I love helping other people. You know, and, and, and over these past few weeks, and then I've touched on it here and there, but it's like God has just given me this like entire like revelation of simplifying what our mission is in this world. So, you know, as we go out into the rest of the week, you know, and I hope this is something that sticks with you as much as it stuck with me as God has shown it to me. I think our mission is that we each pick some people and we have a desire to see them become leaders. If you want your church to grow, you make leaders in the church. You don't just make followers. You look at all the multitudes that would come to Jesus and how many of them stayed around. Most of them left. But there was those 12 that kept coming back consistently because Jesus made them into leaders. So I think that our mission each and every day that we live is that we make a leader in Christ. That we have an impact so great on them that they don't want to depart from it. That they want to come back running to God every single moment. And I think that's our mission so very much just to go out and make disciples. The Bible tells us go out into the world and make disciples. It's not enough that we just see somebody get saved. We have to go and we have to talk to them and help them know the word and help them to not give up on their faith. So that's my challenge for you as you finish out this week, as you go into your day-by-day life. Am I worried only about myself or am I going to be selfless the way that Jesus was and go and make leaders for him? Because that's, that's what I feel like is our goal. Make leaders for the kingdom of God. Make sure that when you go to heaven, you've got a, a following that's came with you because they've had some impact on you. You know, when I think about it too, you know, I, I was saved because there was a preacher that preached the word and I heard it and I was saved. But he was saved because the preacher was obedient and he preached the word to him. And it goes all the way back to the disciples and it goes all the way back to Jesus because they were the leaders who continued to push on. You may not be a preacher. You may not be that. But you can be a leader in some way. You can be a leader in your household, a, a leader at your workplace, a leader in your neighborhood. Just be a leader. And just make sure that God's in it. But that's my challenge for you. So we're going to finish out in prayer. And I hope so much that this has encouraged you and helped you somehow. Thank you again for having us out tonight. We always enjoy it. So pray with us. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father. God, we thank you so very, very much for bringing us here tonight, Lord. Thank you for this simple and sweet message that you've given us, Lord. Thank you for the truth of your word and the perfection of your word, Lord, that is unflawed and that, you know, we can come to this every single week and every day that we live and we can know that there's not, we're not going to find any flaw in here, Lord. I thank you so much for this perfect word. I thank you for giving us knowledge and understanding of it. I thank you for letting us gather together and just hear it. Lord, just continue to be with us in this ministry. Continue to be with this church. Help every one of us to grow. Make us into the leaders that you've called us to be, Lord, and help us to see that mission the way that you have set us here, Lord. God, we love you so very much. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We trust you to take us into the rest of this week. Lord, be with those who are dealing with loss right now, Lord. Help them to cope. Help them to find your presence through this time, Lord. God, be with those dealing with the sickness in this pandemic. Lord, put your hand over this nation as we have gotten so, so far away from you. God, please help us to remember that this country was founded on you and that it will ultimately end with you.
Lord, we just thank you so very much. And all these things we ask in Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, Brother Rock. Amen.